I'm Phil Mendoza with Alpha Bow Hunting. Welcome back to our show, To The Point. Welcome back, everyone. We are getting after another To The Point episode. And today, what I wanted to do was set the stage for much of what our alpha pyramid coaching structure uh, methodologies, philosophies really dive into. And the beginning portion of the 3.0 coaching uh, platform or structure, that, that series of, of videos is, it starts with how to determine your effective range. This is the beginning portions of what our all day workshops start with. Um, learning to create a baseline, learning to identify uh, your energy versus your accuracy, and then identify, you know, if, if you're looking to make improvements, be it through new equipment or through, um, you know, just additional practice sessions. Maybe, you know, you're on the fence about wanting to hire a coach because, eh, you know, I shoot pretty good, but I'm not sure. This is a good way to start to identify and, and organize things and outline things. And what I wanted to essentially do on this episode is I have a series of, I don't know, three or four videos on the coaching, the online coaching structure that, that we've done. And I want to kind of go over the cliff notes version of it for you today. So I, I'm going to quickly go through the bullet points on how we get to the process of identifying that, that effective range and where it starts from. So if you're watching the video, I'm going to be adding some of the slides over the over my talking as well as whiteboard work. If you're listening along, I'm going to try to explain numbers as best I can. But part number one uh, on the alpha way process, this you know establishing your effective range. We start with the discovery phase, and in the discovery phase of of determining your effective range, uh, we're going to work backwards essentially. Any good problem solving approach you usually start with the end goal and then work work backwards to try to determine where you need to start with so in doing so you know we, we want to identify things like uh, i'm going to be what what the, what the animal you're going to be hunting are you going to be hunting elk are you going to be hunting hogs are you going to be hunting white-tailed deer are you going to be uh, hunting small game you know that's where we want to identify the primary target of what you're going to be hunting in most cases for Western bow hunters that don't have multiple bows, right? If you've got one bow that you're looking to build and set up and you're looking to set it up for all things West, your, your seasons, your upcoming seasons, most likely you're setting your bow up to cater towards that mule deer slash elk hunt, knowing that you're still going to be able to go pronghorn hunting, uh, still going to be more than effective and efficient in that scenario. You're going to lose a little bit as far as potentially speed you know uh, pronghorn tend to be a little more agile animal a little bit jumpier on the string shots tend to be a little bit longer so where if someone was going to just set up a bow for pronghorn hunting it may lend itself to having a little bit lighter arrow a little bit faster flatter shooting arrow because the fact that the bone structure and the, the animal size of uh the density of an, a pronghorn isn't that of what an elk is but long story short what I want to start with, again, cliff notes, is just go over large size game, which I'm going to consider mule deer and elk. So 
working backwards, we're going to start with a constant. So I always want to start with as much hard data as we can, not and leave the subjectivity or the uh, it, up to interpretation to the very end. Because at that point, that's where you're really starting to hit that phrase, what works for you. And but we have to start with the numbers first. So we're going to go over a few things on this process, determining what our effective range is going to be or what we're going to be citing into. And it starts with understanding the body size of an animal, understanding the, the, the low percentage kill areas or the no shot kill areas. And I'm going to kind of point at the whiteboard here a little bit. If you're listening along, I'm going to try to explain what I'm doing as best I can. But I'm going to start with elk. And on a mature bull elk, we've got a body size. And again, body size, top of back to belly line of approximately 28 inches. This is a mature bull elk. Uh, on a mule deer, we're at 20 inches of body size. So once you start going through and eliminating that top portion from the top of the back down where you get past the spine and into the alleged no man's land and you say, okay, that's a no shot area. Then you work from the belly line up and you say, okay, belly line up, brisket, getting into the cavity. This is a no shot area. And then you're left with what's somewhat in the middle. Once you subtract out that no shot area on a bull elk, you've got roughly 14 to 15 inches. Now it's not perfectly center or circular. It's, it's kind of oblong shape, but again, simple math. We're going to simplify things. We're roughly 14 to 15 inches. Once you eliminate on a mule deer, the no shoot area, you go from a 20 inch body size to approximately 12 inches of vitals. This is where we start to implement the alpha rule of thirds, a, ver uh, a form of the rule of thirds. If you're familiar with photography and that kind of stuff, that's not the same thing. Okay. This is just something that I've adopted for simplicity that we call the alpha rules of thirds to where at some point in our process, we're in this case, taking off a third of that vital size to take into account things like nerves, uh, additional clothing, maybe you're breathing hard. There's so many different ways to interpret, to determine your effective range, uh, even getting further along the, the process into, well, am I shooting at a frontal? Am I shooting quartering away? Am I shooting quartering two? Am I, is this perfectly broadside? For right now, we're addressing the broadside animal. And then in the process of using the rule of thirds, we actually take into account all those other shot scenarios. So simplicity, step one, we're, we're subtracting a third. So we're left with nine, nine change inches on the elk and on a mule deer, eight inches worth of approved vital size. So this is what we are looking at from a standpoint of the large size animals, large size game, and again, working backwards. So we're identifying what our, essentially what we're gonna be citing into. So if we've got a nine inch approved vital size for an elk and we've got an eight inch approved vital size for a mule deer, we know ultimately that, is the vitals bigger than that? Yes. This is subjective to what one might think. I just know that I've read articles on game and fish websites before. I'm not gonna name any names or states, but they've went as far as to say that the vital size is as much as 24 or 25 inches. Now, is that true? If you measure from one end on an angle to the other, potentially, is that the message we wanna to give to new hunters or even hunters just looking to improve their game? Absolutely not. We want to self-regulate ourselves as bow hunters, knowing that if we do everything perfect, we, if we check off every box and we still don't make a, execute a perfect shot or the conditions, the wind, something 
lent itself to us having a little bit bigger air. We've got a little bit of air built into our system already from step one. So that's where we go with that. As we begin to start the process of actually shooting our bows to, uh, to identify what our actual range is based off of our current capabilities and our accuracy. If we're going to sight in and our zero is here, basically what a nine inch group size means is not nine inches from the center of the target. It means four and a half inches from the center of the target as does a mule deer mean four inches from the center of the target. At this place here, for my, what I like to do is, I just like to eliminate that half an inch. I try to be as accurate as I can. I'm gonna try to keep everything within an eight inch group size, okay? So I'm just gonna adopt, for my, my own purposes, a four inch from center point of impact being acceptable as I walk back to determine effective range. So in our process, in the alpha bow hunting, uh, coaching structure, what we adopt is one arrow at a distance, and then we walk back five yards and shoot another arrow, and then we walk back five yards and shoot another arrow. At the end of the day, when we're really talking about what matters, accuracy, and how you get to this point, I can sit down and wad three arrow groups or five arrow groups all day and decide when I pick and choose when I want to eliminate an arrow. Ah, that one wasn't a great shot. It broke low. It broke high. Or the wind blew me a little bit on that shot. All those things, those excuses don't exist when we're actually hunting. So they shouldn't exist when you're actually trying to truly figure out how effective you can be. So in my opinion, you shoot one arrow at 20 yards, for example. And then you're going to back up and you're going to shoot and you're going to shoot the next arrow at 25 yards. And you're going to back up and shoot the next arrow at 30 yards. You're going to work your way back in this process until you have an arrow leave that four inch group size or four and a half inch from point of center group size. So this is where in our workshop we go out and we've got tape measures and we're measuring arrows and we're numbering arrows because obviously you can go down and do this one arrow at a time. It's going to take you a while. If you take three or four arrows or five arrows and label them one, two, three, four, five, then you're going to be able to shoot one arrow and then you shoot arrow number one at target 20, at distance 20, back up, shoot arrow number two, back up, shoot arrow number three, number four, number five, and then go down and measure and pull. The other reason I like to do this is because even if you're not 100%, if an arrow's left the group size, it's important to shoot past that distance, that measurement once you go out of that group size, so that way you can begin to understand the, the areas of improvement. If you go out of your eight inch group size by an arrow me measuring outside of four inches at 50 yards, for example, but at 55 and 60 and 65 yards, you're still hovering right around that four and a half, four, four and a half range. Maybe you even come back inside. There's other factors that come into play here to where if you have a multiple pin site, for example, and let's just say your 50 yard pin is a red pin and you hate your red pin. And that, that actually shows you that your accuracy suffers and you don't shoot as good at 50, but I can shoot better at 60. Well, that's where you start to look at these factors by creating a baseline and say, well, you know what? Maybe I need, I'm thinking about getting a new site. Well, maybe if I do get a new site, I'm going to custom build it to where I'm not going to have a red pin in there because I don't aim well with the red pin. So these are the type of things that we start to try to break down at a very, very precise level to help you be more efficient and more accurate. So again, you're going to track all your numbers. You're going to mark down every measurement as you go back. Even if you say, again, if you, my, lat, my shot a four and a half inch arrow or five inch arrow outside of the, the point of impact at 50 yards, but then I still shot 55 and 60 and 65. 
we're tracking, we're keeping data. So down the line, when you go back to, to double check yourself again or to test yourself again in a couple of weeks or a month after you've changed something or you're just, you know, throughout your progression of practice and preparation, you have things to compare against. You have hard numbers and data to com- compare against based off of where you're at that specific day. And that is kind of step one of where we go from determining your effective range. So now we've got a actual data, a series of data measurements for your accuracy with the specific bow and arrow and release and stabilizer, whatever setup you're, you're currently shooting. The next, the progression then is going to be to check your kinetic energy at distance. You know, there's, there's great kinetic energy calculators online to where you can punch in your speed and your, your poundage and your arrow weight and a few other factors, and they'll give you the basics, right? Kinetic energy and or momentum. There's some that give you both. I think they're both important to identify the numbers and evaluate them. Uh, some would argue that momentum is more important than kinetic energy. I don't disagree that they're both important. I just know that Easton put out a chart. It's called an Easton field chart. And it gives you a direct correlation between a amount of kinetic energy into an appropriate size for, for a medium game, medium size game, large size game, uh, toughest game like Grizzly and Cape Buffalo. So their chart, you can, you can Google it. it. You'll find it very simply just Easton's kinetic energy chart, Easton's field energy chart. And then these numbers give you a parameter. And I feel like they're a pretty accurate parameter um, for most cases. You know, when a, a, a game and fish division or department says you need at least 35 pounds of draw weight to, to hunt or 40 pounds of draw weight to hunt, that's very, very um, subjective, preliminary. That's almost, it's, it's just not enough information. What if somebody is shooting 22 pounds, 22 inches of draw length at 35 pounds? It's not a lot of kinetic energy to say that they're going to be able to go hunt elk. I'm not saying I, I'm, I don't want people to go hunt. I'm just saying we need, to, we need to see the whole picture here. And if you understand the whole picture, then as we move forward in this process and we start talking about the different distances and the shots and the scenarios it, the, and looking at the big picture, you need to understand how we get to this point first. So, again, we're going we're gonna to adopt the kinetic energy chart from Easton. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to take it a couple steps further. Everything we do in this process, we don't take anything at face value. We always take it one to two steps further. As you see here, taking a vital size, which I would say that, yeah, 14 to 15 inches is probably accurate on an elk as to a good vital size. Now, depending on where you aim and how that those vitals are uh, configured based off how the animal's standing, they, they're, they're, they're moving. They're, they're not stagnant. And the same thing on a mule deer, but... We're taking it a step further. We're self-regulating ourselves. So in the in the, the subject of kinetic energy or energy at distance, what we're doing here is we've identified by distance where our accuracy, it's, it's not going to say limited, where, where it stops based off our parameters. Now what we want to do is we want to identify kinetic energy at distance as well to then see which one is, limit, is our limiting factor for uh, – effective range. For example, in the scenario I told you just a few minutes ago, maybe the accuracy went out at 50 yards, but you look at your kinetic energy and then your kinetic energy carries for a large size game, still over 42 pounds, all the way out to 80 yards. Okay. Now you're identifying two different categories and you say, I want to get more effective. I want to have a longer uh, effective, effective range and be more efficient. 
you're looking at these two charts or these two measurements and you need to get better accuracy wise you're maybe you don't need to go with the heavier arrow you know is is it going to be beneficial possibly but at the same token you've identified that your your accuracy is what the limiting factor is based off of the, the parameters we tested against so this is how we start to break down effective range now one might ask how do you determine effective range at distance you know in in the the book the second book i wrote, wrote um shooter don't shoot i break down examples and formulas and i'm going to go ahead and give you a little teaser here they're they're not all the same everything's subjective to draw length arrow weight different bows produce different actually uh you know power strokes and speed but i went through as many charts as i could from all these classes that we've done and and even examples before and i found a range of basically percentage of energy loss per 10 yards so most adult bows are going to lose 2.8 to 3.5 percent of kinetic energy per 10 yards so what that means is if i have a 72 pound bow with a 460 grain arrow and i'm hitting 280 feet per second you do your calculations you got a, a 80.06 foot pounds of kinetic energy at point blank or three feet whatever you're measuring it this is what most people look at and this is what they stop oh my bow is kicking out 70 pounds of kinetic energy my bow is 80 pounds of kinetic energy I, i'm good i don't i don't need to worry about anything however you start to take this into account with an expandable broadhead where hey maybe that broadhead sucking up you know 10 12 15 feet of uh, foot pounds of kinetic energy so you just went from a 75 or 80 pound bow or foot pounds of measurement and you just lost that much based off the type of broadhead you're shooting so then you have to look at your chart differently you have to be more critical again we're taking things to the next step we're it, we're we're moving along the process and not taking anything for face value so type of broadhead comes into effect here as you're also looking at distance so at 10 yards based off of this range and this is actually this was an actual uh a shooter's chart that, that I, I took examples off of you you do your energy loss at 10 yards with the formula and you're roughly 77.65 pounds of kinetic energy at 10 yards you go out to 20 yards you're now down to 75.06 and you can follow that 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 along and like i mentioned before if once you get to the point where you leave 42 foot pounds for a large size game because that's what we're talking about here again then you start to understand, okay, well, is it really a heavier arrow that I need? Maybe yes, maybe no. You know, is it that I need to hire a coach and I really need to work on my form and execution? Possibly. Or could it be something completely different where you say, well, you know, I'm shooting a bow that's 14 years old. It's been a great bow. I've killed a lot of animals with it, but it's really limiting me now on extending my effective range. So... Maybe it's time to buy that new bow. This, these are the things that you should be looking at when you're trying to really consider all things. Create a baseline, understand your accuracy based off a certain uh, set of parameters that, we, that, that we've established. And then effective range based off of energy as your second component, seeing which one is a limiting factor, work on that first. And when I say work on that, we're working on one thing at a time, one thing at a time, and then you're going to retest and then reevaluate. And then if you say, hey, you know what? I really thought that um, 
you know, changing this release or changing this site was going to be money. I, I needed this for extending my game, extending my effective range. And you go back and test and you're at the same point or maybe worse. And that's where you just need to understand that to truly make progress, to be more effective and more efficient, you need to, you need to identify uh, areas of concern by one, one variable, one variable at a time, fix, retest, and then reevaluate. And that's, that's the, really the best way. That's not the only way to do it. And again, our system here is not law. Our system is something that I've essentially put together over years of working with hundreds and thousands of customers, helping them get to this process and hearing people's problems, talking to people, my own, my own situations, you know, the, the, the team that I have that helps me coach this with Braden and Bo and, and Nate and some of the other guys at the shop there, this is things that we've experienced, customers have experienced, data we've been able to uh, research and figure out. And it's something that I feel strongly about that when you go to a bow hunter ed or a hunter education type of program, there's a lot of generalizations. There's not a lot of great uh, uh, data that really evolve. It kind of take it to the next step or two or three steps further. This, this, in my opinion, this, this one, you know, video that we we're at right now at 20 minutes. Okay. This is 20 minute portion of information is very critical. And I think it's something that's the progression for every bow hunter that's whether you're just starting or you're wanting to make improvements, you need to really understand how organization writing things out, identifying things, um, simplifying a process because like I mentioned before, I mean, pronghorn is another Western size, you know, Western game, different, smaller vital size, you know, other things come into effect there where I don't need as much kinetic energy, but, uh, it's, it's a smaller vital size. So am I aiming at, am I, am I going to adopt a smaller vital size with this? Well, potentially, but again, as we move forward in the process, as you get into more of the videos for the, the, Bow hunting 3.0 in, in the online course videos or the membership site now, I guess, is, is where it's going to be, um, where it's going to live. You're going to start to understand how this, you need to understand this well. You need to identify how to test and how this, how this suits you. So that way, when you start looking at those different shot scenarios, those different, the different animals that we're hunting, the point of aim, point of aim versus point of impact, um, the DEA method, which we'll go, it's, it's in the 3.0 uh, series of videos in, in the membership site. All these things start to, at some point, maybe give somebody that aha moment. Oh, I, I guess that makes sense now why you look at things this way. Or, yeah, that's that's really, that that's the way that I, that I wasn't really thinking about all those things at once. And you really should. And the important thing is, and this is what I can't stress enough, you need to do this ahead of time when you're not in the field. When you're not putting that final approach stock on an animal and trying to figure out, can I make this shot? What distance do I need to get to? Um, is, you know, that's got a slight, slight crosswind, you know, no, I, I know that I can make the shot at this distance, but can I make it at that other distance? Those questions that you start to let creep into your mind and create uncertainty while you're facing or leading up to that moment of truth. Those are those disconnects that poke holes in a bow hunter's success scenario, success rate. So do this when you're not in that high pressure situation, practice it, study it, know it, 
So that way, once you get to the point where, hey, I'm, I'm about to figure out if I'm going to be able to take this shot or not, or I need to know what, what distance I need to get to with the current situation, it's second nature. It's something that it's just a matter of identify all the, the moving parts quickly. Boom. I need, uh, all right, this is what's going on. These are the, these are the elements I'm dealing with. This is where it falls in my, in my effective range. And I need to get to this point. I need to get to this distance. If I get to this distance, then it's 85, 90% shot chance that it's a green light scenario. If I get to within this distance and all these things come into play, well, yeah, then it's green light all the way. So that's where I, like I said, wanting to set the stage, paint the picture, Take four or five videos that that I've done in the, in the 3.0 coaching structure and try to simplify the process to this. Like I said, I, I will run some of the slides over this if you're on the video, if you're watching the video. Um, I will leave the long form videos on the membership site. So if you want to go through and it just talks about a few more detail, not details, a few more um, parameters. And, and this is simplified. Here's what it comes down to. If you have your own system and you you truly know that you've checked all the boxes and you've went a step further than most or, or a couple steps further and then you identify your effective range, can you implement it in the rest of the alpha bow, the, the alpha bow hunting system within the rule of thirds and the DEA method? Absolutely. This is our approach to how to determine your effective range. And in many cases, this still doesn't take everything into account. This is a good, this is a good way to do it. This is a really good starting point that gives you, again, that creates that baseline for you to make improvement off of. So that's that's where I'm going to leave this video. Again, if you're listening, that's where the I'm going to be ha- I'm going to be posting a lot of these videos on the YouTube channel. As you know, even though the podcast is convenient for some people, um, the video it might be worth your time when you have a minute to just click on the video, go on to the website, alphabowhunting.com and, and go to the coaching section, scroll down to the, to the free videos. And you can watch the video with the slides that I have that I overlay on the video. And in addition to that, you know, you can also just go to YouTube and find it there as well. So I hope you enjoyed this video. Leave your comments below. You know, if, if there's something that you do slightly different or there's something that's, um, uh, we're always, evolving we're always getting better so if there's a couple points that somebody says hey you know what that's great i also incorporate x that's perfect um this is a this is a fluid system that has its staples but can always get better so there might be something that some people out there have done um for years and it may be something that we look to adopt or somehow take parts of it to mesh in because like I said, we, we feel like we've got a very good system here, but we can always look to get better. So leave your comments. Uh, tell us what you think about this video. And I'm going to go ahead and cut it. We're, again, we're about 20-some minutes long. Um, but we're going to continue with the content. And as we move on into some of the other topics, this is important to make sure you listen to this video first. Listen to the – watch the video, listen to the audio, what have you. So, hey – I'm going to go ahead and check out again, and as always, dream big, shoot straight, and we'll see you on another video.